Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's time to get green. Doug Oster is here. All natural, no pesticides, no artificial ingredients. The Organic Gardener is on KDKA Radio. Ah, Doug's got a lot to get to. He's standing by in the Disc Institute of Pittsburgh Newsline. He'll join us from his garden on this Sunday morning in just a couple of moments. But if you're the 10th caller right now, 412-922-1020. As we always begin the program, you have a chance to take home a $25 gift certificate from Sorgles. And if you have a question for Doug, you want to jump on board, 866-391-1020. So let's see what's happening on a rainy Sunday with Doug Oster on KDK's Organic Gardener. Hey, Doug. Good morning, Rob. How are you doing? I'm loving this weather, but I don't think it's your cup of tea. <laughs> it's okay by me. A little bit of rain, nothing like a little bit of rain for fall planting, so I can live with it. <laughs> You've learned well. Hey, I want to start off with a brand new old-fashioned contest that I've come up with. I fell in love with this daffodil. It's called Twin Sisters. And again, it was last spring when I was visiting Joe Ham's Daffodil Hortus in Washington County, a place I talk about often, a place I love. I love daffodils, and that's the greatest collection of blooming daffodils I've ever seen. But Twin Sisters was one of the last flowers left uh, that was blooming, very light, and it had a sweet fragrance. Each stem has two flowers. That's why they call it Twin Sisters. And it's an heirloom variety. It goes back to 1597, believe it or not. There's uh, something written about this daffodil in 1597. There are lots of other names for this bulb. Cemetery Ladies... Loving Couples, April Beauty, and probably a couple more. This bulb, and I I saw it growing at, at Joe Ham's. It's tough, vigorous, and it naturalizes well. It has a pair of white flowers on each stem with a pretty yellow cup. So I ordered some bulbs from Joe for my own garden, and I was excited to give a few to a dear friend. She is an identical twin sister. I thought she was the perfect person to receive some of this special variety of bulb. But if you would like to win five small bulbs, I'm holding an old-fashioned essay contest, something I have no idea if gardeners are still interested in doing. So if you just go to DougOster.com, it's right on the front page. You click on that and just tell me why you'd like to grow these Twin Sisters daffodils. And I'll just pick the story I like best. It will be completely subjective, and then send the winner the bulbs. Again, all the information is at DougOster.com. 
So we'll see if anybody's interested in writing about why they want twin sisters daffodils. I tell you what, that is when I saw that bulb blooming uh, so late into the season, my last visit uh, down there, it was May 7th, I believe. Uh, I just, uh, just the fragrance, the beauty, the twin sisters angle. I, I love since I have this good friend that's a twin, identical twin. My brothers were fraternal twins, so twins mean something to me. And so twin sisters, pretty cool daffodil. And later on, Mrs. Know-it-all sounds like she has a rant on the way. She told me yesterday she wanted to talk about where plants go to die, commercial landscapes, and how people copy those ideas. I cannot wait for that. That is going to be fun. And as Rob and I talked about at the top of the show, this is perfect planting weather with rain on the way and cool temperatures. Trees, shrubs, perennials, bulbs for sure, uh, and even you could sneak in some cool weather vegetables. I saw some cool stuff out there, and I even saw uh, flats of pansies on sale already. You know, pansies and flowering kale are something that I usually have in my containers already, but it's been so warm all my annuals are still there, and I'm one of those guys. I, I I just wait to the last minute to pull them. I want them there there as long as possible. I do have that unheated greenhouse, and so any hanging baskets or anything in pots that I can. I've already got some peppers in there. I'll throw in there, and they'll certainly have another two months of of life in there, and so I get a little color until things get real cold but out outdoors those pansies and flowering kale man they will go certainly to christmas and maybe longer again depending on the severity of the winter that's what it all comes down to uh and the other the, the big question that i'm getting all over our area why is my lilac blooming and i've seen them everywhere even at the pittsburgh botanic garden i was out there uh, this week for my botanic walk and talk with the executive director, Keith Kaiser, and we saw lilacs blooming, and it's just a strange anomaly with the weather. And uh, I, I personally have never seen this on lilacs. I've seen it on all sorts of other plants. Usually a rhododendron can get fooled here and there. It'll get cold and warm up, and they'll throw a couple blooms. But, man, the lilacs, they're going crazy. Uh, I'm I'm very, very surprised. Now, hopefully, that whole plant will not bloom, and just a few blooms will go, because once that bud blooms, you've got to wait an entire season until it puts another bud on and blooms. Uh, I also posted something. Uh, I visited my friend Amy, who calls herself the crazy dahlia lady. Her whole front yard and side yard is filled with dahlias, and once or twice a year, I go there and uh, shoot some pictures. Oh, man, it just looks good. Why? Well, I went there, and then I, I posted something at DougOster.com just all about how to save these tender plants when the time is right. Dahlias, caladiums, tuberous begonias, elephant ears, cannas, caladiums, all have a bulb or tuber underneath that is tender. It'll freeze out. And so one thing that I do, especially with dahlias, and I, I write about this in, in that story, is I wait until frost blackens the top of the foliage and then i cut that foliage off but i'm covering the bottom stem because it's hollow i'm just covering it with a little bit of aluminum foil so water doesn't get down into there and and soak the tuber underneath but then the trick is i'm leaving the tuber 
in the ground, and this is only for the case of dahlias, for about two weeks. And what happens is that tuber, it looks kind of like a potato, and it will start to grow eyes. And you must have at least one eye on a tuber for it to bloom the next season. And so it makes it easy to know which tubers to keep and which ones to discard. And then I've got a whole, you know, all the the, the way that I store them over the winter listed there at DougOster.com. And there are still some seats left. After I talked about this yesterday, I had lots of people sign, or last week, I had lots of people sign up. Still seats left for my upcoming trip to England and Holland. For England, we're seeing the Chelsea Flower Show, the Super Bowl of Flower Shows, Kew Gardens, Sissenhurst Castle, which has that famous white garden. I've seen it before, actually. It's it's amazing. Then we hop on the Eurostar. So I'm like James Bond, I think. <laughs> High-speed train to Holland. And we're doing an Amsterdam Canal Cruise food tour of Amsterdam. And then what I think is the crown jewel of the trip. Once every 10 years, the gates open to the International Horticultural Exhibition called Floriade. It's a 143-acre town reconfigured every decade for a celebration of gardening. Oh, I've got a bunch of pictures at DougOster.com. It's going to be amazing. And remember, on all these trips, we get a tour manager who meets us at the airport when we fly in and stays with us the whole time. They know everything about the area and um, take good care of us. Uh, I'm just there to help you along and show you the flowers, show you the plants. The thing about uh, London is that everybody gardens there. So you, you just walk down the street and you'll see something in every yard, and you'll just be like, oh, I wonder what that is. I wonder, I've never seen that before because they have such an amazing climate. Uh, same with Holland for for growing things. And it's just uh, it's a gardener's paradise, both those countries. So I hope you'll think about going with me again. All the information is, Doug, is at DougOster.com, and that's where you can also – uh, write a little piece about why you'd love those Twin Sisters daffodils. Um, we'll see if anybody still wants to do that sort of thing. And real quick, uh, I got this question, too. How do you start a compost pile? Well, all you need to know about composting is that anything that once was living will become compost. The only thing from the kitchen we don't put in that compost pile is meat, dairy, and oil. So all the stuff coming out of the garden that isn't diseased and all the stuff coming out of the kitchen we just make into a pile, and it takes about a year, but then you get your compost. All right, Rob, are we ready for a break? Yes, we are. We'll take a break. We'll come back on the other side get right to your calls, 866-391-1020. Doug Oster, DougOster.com, the organic gardener, Odyssey, 100.1 FM, AM 1020, KDKA. Doug Oster tells you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardener is on KDKA Radio. All right, here we go, ladies and gentlemen. First call of the morning for Doug, DougOster.com, The Organic Gardener, Rob Pratt Sunday, KDK. Here is Rich. Rich, good morning. How are you? I'm doing good, Rob. Hey, Doug, I matched uh, your story today about twins. I'm an identical twin. I didn't know if you knew that or not, so I thought... I did not know that. Oh, that's interesting. And uh, your uh, dahlias, you said they're tubers. When you plant them, do you plant them all in one big group? I thought I'd separate all those little tubers like sweet potato and get five plants, but I never got anything. So I didn't know if I ruined that or... Well, I I separate mine this time of the year. And I mean a little later on, after the frost, after I dig them, 
I, I put them out on a, a some newspaper, dry them out, and then I, I look for the ones that have eyes, and I separate them this time of the year. Some people like to do it at the other end of the season before planting. Uh, they start to see a little bit of growth come out of them. But you never know with dahlias, you know, what happened. The nice thing about dahlias. That's the first time I bought them, and I just didn't know. I said, oh, I can get five plants and didn't know about looking for eyes or anything. I was ignorant, and I just never got anything. I just didn't know if I ruined them, but separating them, or do you plant them all in one group? So that's. Yeah, I I like to have them separated personally. Uh, But give it another try next year, you know, get a couple different tubers. You know, there's a real famous one. called duet and it was actually uh discovered i don't know if the word is right discovered but uh this guy uh, the late fred scott he he was growing he's a dahlia uh lover and was growing different varieties and this one came up uh, in 1952 and it's become a very very you know popular dahlia even today after all the breeding work and everything it's called duet uh, I actually I have a story at uh, at the website all, all about it but I like it because it has that Pittsburgh connection and then actually once the last time I went to Holland first thing when we went to the flower market that's the first thing I saw was duet from Pittsburgh so thanks very much for your call and give uh, keep working on dahlias you, you'll you'll get them all right while we wait some other callers let's talk planting lettuce and other greens and Putting that garden to bed, something you and I alluded to the other night on my show, Doug. Oh, yeah, definitely. Now, uh, I have started, even though it isn't cold enough to, to get any frost yet, but I've started to kind of weed out the the annuals uh, in the vegetable garden. You know, I'm, I'm pulling some tomatoes out in favor of planting garlic. This is garlic planting time, and uh, I, I've talked about it for several weeks now, but I'm just, I went back out to Janoski's to get more of their garlic and the thing is, the, the garlic that I'm buying is what we call number two. It doesn't look beautiful, but it's great for planting. The garlic you're going to be buying probably <laughs> in the food market is number one, and it looks absolutely beautiful. That's that's why they, they look a little different. But it's the same exact garlic. It's called Music. And they have just the best-looking bulbs. Uh, that's all I can tell you. Uh, I know, you, you know, it's one exit past the airport, but just go out there, man. Good produce, but that garlic, like like I always talk about, uh, it's food garlic and seed garlic's the same thing, but food garlic's cheaper, and you just have some some good looking stuff out there. But anyway, I'm taking out some peppers. I, like I said, I'm moving moving peppers that are in containers. I'm moving them into the greenhouse, and they're they're not going to thrive there. They're just going to survive there, and then whatever peppers that are are green on there. I want them to ripen up. Hopefully they will. If not, I'll eat them when they're green. But I want to take out the anything that's in, that's uh, tender. And again, it goes into the compost pile, and it will just kind of in a year become compost. And that's how I'm putting that part of the garden to bed. But then we always talk about leaving perennials up uh, for the the winter now because it's a place where beneficial insects can overwinter. You know, things with hollow stems, and then also the seeds that are left the birds will eat. And so I always say that I was always doing this right because I was lazy. I left everything up. But now the scientists say, hey, leave that stuff up, you know, because uh, it's it's a, a, a great habitat for beneficial insects. Any callers, Rob, or should I continue my 
garden talk. You got to get to a cover crop and making sure young trees have water. So we have about two minutes left. Go ahead. So a cover crop is something we plant as soon as we break the, take those tomatoes and peppers out. Uh, I use one called winter rye, uh, and it's just uh, like a long bladed grass, and you put the seeds in now. It sprouts, believe it or not, this late in the season. And a cover crop is a way to get green manure into the garden. Say you can't bring in wheelbarrow after wheelbarrow of compost. Right now, if you plant that winter rye, or there's a bunch of other things, if you could find them, that, that act as cover crops, they sprout, they hold that uh, soil in place, that good soil that we've worked on so hard. You could lose a quarter inch uh, due to winter erosion, but it's also a good habitat for beneficial insects. In the spring, we cut down that grass, and if you're a tilling gardener, you till it in. If you're a no-till gardener like me, you just cover it with compost, and as it uh, starts to decompose, it makes this green manure. It's improving the soil with those those nutrients, and that's a, uh, another way uh, of of adding organic matter to the soil. We're always adding organic matter, whether it's compost or a cover crop, whatever it might be. That's the way to do it, and uh, like I said, this is the perfect time to be planting your cover crops. All right, Rob, ready for a break? Yeah, we're ready for a break, and we want to remind everyone that we do have some lines available. So, listen, if you want to get a question into Doug, and more times than not, you get the busy signal by this time in the program, this would be a great time for you to call. Mrs. Know-it-all, as always, still coming up as well, but right now we want to focus on your calls, fall planting and more, putting the garden to bed, some of the things that he just alluded to. So call us. All of our lines are open. It's 866-391-1020 for everything that is Doug Oster. Doug Oster tells you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardener is on KDKA Radio. Ah, uh, yes, he is. And he wants to talk to you. So call us, 866-391-1020. The 10th caller at 412-922-1020 wins a $25 gift certificate to Janoski's. Let's go to Donna in Beaver up first in our third segment of The Organic Gardener for Doug Oster. Hey, Donna, how are you? Welcome to KDK. Um. I'm well, thank you. Good morning, gentlemen. A uh, question for you. I planted three of those bloomerang lilacs, and they've done very well. And it tells you that you can prune them because they bloom three times, spring, summer, and I, the last bloom was about two weeks ago. But I've learned that if I prune them back to keep them from just they're, – they're supposed to stay small, but they're really not – it seems like no matter when I prune them, I'm going to be losing flowers. Do you have any experience with those? I do. I actually have one. Uh, before we get to the pruning, what do you think of this plant? I like it. Um, this year didn't do as well as last year. It's only this will be this was my third season. Last year was beautiful, and I didn't touch it. I did not prune it at all. And it did really well. This year, I didn't get so many, but I think it's because I kept snipping at it to try to... It's right outside my front door, and I don't want it to get huge. Um, I will say this year, I noticed some dead wood in there, and I've got to go in there and get that cut out. I don't know what happened there. Maybe it got too wet. They don't like wet feet. Yeah, we'll definitely get the dead wood out of there, but I would be careful about pruning it. In my case, so so the bloomerang, uh, as Donna said, it blooms three times, maybe even four times a year. It's a lilac, but it doesn't have the intense 
fragrance of a, a standard lilac. It has some fragrance, but not the same fragrance as a, a standard. And so, it, like I said, in my case, I never prune it. I just let it do its thing so that uh, – but, but how it's supposed to work is you're supposed to be able to prune it, and then that new growth is supposed to put on buds and then bloom for you. And what's interesting too, Donna, I'm seeing the same thing that you're seeing. It's getting a lot bigger than it was supposed to get. <laughs> and so yeah, I think I may even have to move one, and I don't think it's going to like that. But to your point, I still have my mom's. It's got to be 60 years old, her big lilac bush. And the fragrance is amazing, and it, it bloomed. And I hope it didn't bloom too much, but it was and it looked like it was dead. The leaves fell off, and then there's these blooms on it. It was really incredible this year. Well, that was another thing with lilacs uh, this year. That m- many, many lilacs got uh, fungal issues from the the wet yep. season, and and yeah, I got lots of questions about that. Not only blooming, but losing their leaves. And in my case, I, you know. I'm not sure what to think about that blue meringue in my garden, to tell you the truth. My wife loves lilacs, and that's why I, I put that in. But I've, I've put in two other standards now, or three other, like, normal kind of one-trick pony lilacs. Right. Because, because I want that fragrance. And so... Right. Now, you, when you ahead. bring them inside, I cut them and bring them inside. They, they, you can smell them inside, but nothing like the traditional... But if you cut them and bring them inside, which is what I do, you can smell them inside. Right. So for your plant, you know, you're going to have to trim to size. You know, if it was me, I would do it right after those first flowers come on. If I had to cut it, that'd be my guess anyway. And then uh, the other thing to think about might be a little bit of fertilization with something called flower tone. It's just the word flower and and tone, T-O-N-E. Yes, I'm familiar and and that might give it a little bit of a boost to put put buds on after you make that first trim. Uh, well, good luck with that plant, and I'm glad you got a standard lilac too because uh, I can't wait for mine to bloom next spring. Thanks very much for your call. All right, Ruby up next for Doug Oster. Hi, Ruby. Hi. Hello. Uh, I had a uh, question on a call from a couple weeks ago. A lady called about a hedge, and you asked her if she trimmed it, or just let it grow, and she said she just let it grow, and and you said that was okay, that was good, um, but I didn't get the name of the hedge, and I'm needing to replace my box, some of my box heads. So you want to replace your boxwoods? Do you have deer problems? Uh, uh yeah, I have I have deers, yeah. Okay. A lot of a lot of deer. <laughs> And you and want they don't like different than- the box hedge, but the problem I'm having is that um, the neighbor before me had put a, a, a false wall in with uh, uh, railroad ties. The, um, and unfortunately, after 60 years, the railroad ties have deteriorated, so I they lost ground there, and the, uh, so I don't have the uh, a section with the hedge. So it's wanting wasn't something that I didn't have to trim because um, I'm not I'm getting older and, and it costs so much to have someone come in to, to trim me if you can get someone this class you want couple it, years. Do you, want it to, do you want it to be evergreen? Uh, yes. All right. So when we think about the, the plants that we want out there, um, 
we have to think about the deer, what they're going to eat. So things okay. from the cypress family, spruce family, uh, juniper family, uh, those are things that would remain to be evergreens that you could, as long as you have the space for them, just, you know, there's all sorts of different varieties that grow uh, different sizes. So right plant for the right place. Be sure you know how big it's going to get and how big you want it to get. Choose the plant that way. Go to a good nursery. Even this time of the year, this is, this is a great time for planting shrubs and trees. And uh, take a look around. See what you like as far as uh, colors and shapes and sizes. And as I said, uh, cypress, juniper, spruces, you know, a small spruce might work for you. There's some uh, actually dwarf blue spruces, even though they do get a, a fungal disease uh, here and there. But just think about those things, and you don't have to trim them, and they will give you a good uh, good privacy from, from the neighbor. Thanks for your call. All right, listen, we'll get, to, we'll get to a break on the other side. Mr. Noel is going to be here for Doug, but DougOster.com. Tell him about it, Mr. Well, that's uh, where our, our latest contest is running. <laughs> I'm giving away these rare bulbs. It's called uh, Twin Sisters Daffodils, and they are beautiful, late-blooming, uh, but I only have five bulbs, and if you would like them, uh, it's an old-fashioned essay contest. Tell me why you why you should be growing these twin sisters daffodil bulbs. We'll see if anybody wants to do that kind of old-fashioned thing anymore. Write a little story about why why I I want those bulbs because they are really cool, and you're not going to really find them anywhere else. Again, they came from Joe Ham's Daffodil Hortus, a place I talk a lot about, and of course, at DougOster.com, there's all sorts of cool gardening stories. Um, and I just posted something about how to save your dahlias and your other tender bulbs and tubers. So that's dogoster.com. And, of course, that's my latest trip is there to England and Holland if you're interested. Also, yeah, I just got uh, a whole new shipment of uh, Steel City Garden books in, too. They're, they're at uh, dogoster.com. So it's your one-stop place for gardening information. Not really, but everything I do is there. Believe me, folks, he does a lot. So check it out, DougOster.com. Mrs. Know-It-All, where plants go to die, commercial landscapes, and how people all copy those ideas. And she's got some thoughts on today's show as well, too. So please stay with us. Good morning. Or go to DougOster.com. Doug Oster tells you how to keep it green. The Organic Gardener is on KDKA Radio. Ah, uh, lots to get to because it's time, is it not, Doug? That's right. Time for Mrs. Know-It-All. That's horticulturist Denise Schreiber. And Denise and I talked yesterday. You got a little bit of a rant for us today, Denise? Yeah. So my girlfriend and I were out shopping, and we were at a uh, shopping area. And we decided this is where plants go to die because a lot of commercial landscape – here, I should preface this – a lot of companies will take the lowest bid, not necessarily the one that knows what they're doing. It's like, oh, they're cheap. Let's hire them. And they have no experience. All they know is the how to put eight inches of mulch against a tree in a volcano mound, or they plant everything in river rock. And this place was loaded with river rock. These were the smallest ornamental grasses I've ever seen. They were all, and I knew the cultivar. It was actually about three inches across and maybe 10 inches high. And they had a bunch of them. And, you know, grasses are, you know, pretty strong plants, but they can't grow through, you know, 
10 inches of rock. Um, there were a uh, burning bush that somebody came in with a chainsaw, literally, and their idea of pruning was to literally cut them in half. So there were these big, thick stumps sticking out. They didn't take them out, but they were starting to push out leaves. And it's just like, oh, my God, what are these people thinking of? And then they had plants under overhangs, which so they never get water. And near as we could tell, we couldn't see any irrigation. And then they had plants that needed to be in full sun, and they were in deep shade. So, you know, that was one place. And then I was called out on a consult, and they had literally five inches of very thick black plastic all over this garden and then covered it with mulch. They had, they were trying to grow some perennials in there. They were struggling because they could only made a little hole for them to plant them. And they had literally five trees within six feet of each other trying to grow. And it's like, people, if you don't know what you're doing, just admit it. Call somebody (laughs) for help. You don't have to hire me or Doug. You can call a master gardener. You can call, you know, they have a hotline. They have online classes that you can take. And learn how to do this properly. It's, you know, we were actually very sad to see all this stuff. It's just like, what were they thinking? And some of them were beautiful plants. You know, some of them were actually very expensive plants. But covering them up with that much black plastic, you know, they're done. But you know what's growing really, really well? Nutsedge. Nutsedge just, yeah. yeah. And, you know, people, if you don't know what nutsedge is, it, well, you usually see it in your lawn. And it looks like a broad grass that's kind of popping up, and then it gets this tall seed head with all seeds. You can pull it up, but unfortunately, it's called nutsedge for a reason. It has tiny little bulbs that are attached. So you may pull out one, but you'll still leave the others in the ground. So part of this is that these commercial places, you know, so many people are walking in and out of there, they're getting an idea that this is the right way to guard it. Correct. You know, and it it makes all of our jobs harder when we try to explain this to people, that this is not the way you do things. And they're like, well, you know, they had this at X, Y, and Z Mall. It's like, you know, as our favorite term, landscapers, that, you know, it's the guy with a pickup truck and a mower on the back of his truck. And they tell people, oh, yeah, I can do this for you and that, and I can get you plants. Um, I saw one, I've taken pictures of it, that they got a bunch of topiary plants. And all in all, the plants were nice, but they were so small that the scale of the house just dwarfed them. And they just had them lined up in a row. They were all different, but they just had them lined up in a row. Unless you have a mid-century modern or a modern home or uh, an Asian-type looking home, that's where those plants belong, you know, and they belong spaced properly and in a design, not lined up like little soldiers. And people do that with bulbs, too. They line them up like soldiers. They're not soldiers. They are plants. They should be grouped together. You want a nice drift of those bulbs, right? Absolutely. I mix daffodils and tulips together. Uh, the daffodils great. are to protect the tulips, but I grow different 
depth, or, I'm sorry, different tulips than most people. I don't grow the big Darwins or anything like that. I grow what's known as a Beretta flora, which has a green streak in it. And then I have the parrots, which are ruffled. They're big and ruffled. And they just look like they came out of a painting. You know, but All I right. put them together. Out of time, Mrs. Know-It-All. Thanks for okay. the information. Hey, if you want to win those daffodils, go to DougOster.com. And remember, organic gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer with each seed you sow and every garden you grow. All right. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.